Welcome to Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and thanks for joining. As WDET celebrates its 70-year anniversary, it's time to raise the funds that we need for the future of Detroit's NPR station. So remember, your support is nearly 50% of WDET's annual budget. So you are a critical part of the party and the celebration. So today it's a $5,000 dollar for dollar match thanks to our leadership circle donors. Every dollar you give will be matched with another dollar up to $5,000. The first $5,000 we raise today. So that is a great way to keep the WDET legacy alive and a great way to make you part of that legacy. This is a great incentive, of course, to give, but the real reason to give to WDET is all of the programming that you enjoy here, including Detroit Today. So go to WDET.org or call 800-959-9338 and make your gift now. Also remember that tomorrow, Dr. Mona Hanna-Atisha and Michigan Senate Minority Leader Jim Ananek are going to join me at the Detroit Public Library for the finale of this summer's WDET Book Club. We have been reading Dr. Mona's book, What the Eyes Don't See, and discussing safe water, environmental justice, and infrastructure all over Southeast Michigan. We've had a really great summer of conversations in a number of different communities here uh, that finale event, of course, will include Dr. Mona. So that should be a really great conversation. We have loved seeing you all over Southeast Michigan this summer, and we would love to see you tomorrow, September 10th, at the Detroit Public Library for the finale. It is free to attend, but we are asking people to register, and you can do that at wdet.org slash events. Up first today, now that Michigan has legalized recreational marijuana, there is a mad scramble unfolding to figure out who will dominate what could be a billion-dollar industry. What will the emerging legal marijuana industry look like here in Michigan? And will major tobacco retail chains get a piece of the market? Take, for instance, Wild Bills, one of the most popular tobacco outlets. There's been chatter for months that Wild Bills would make a big play to dominate the marijuana market in addition to the tobacco market. But Crane's Detroit business economic reporter Dustin Walsh reports today that the state has denied all of Wild Bill's application to be licensed to sell pot products. That's despite the fact that the owners of the company helped shape some of the licensing rules for the cannabis industry. So where does that leave this emerging market? We want to hear from you as well. Are you looking forward to or are you dreading the presence of recreational pot shops in Michigan, or are your feelings mixed about this new market? What effect do you think it's going to have on the economy, and what do you think it will mean for the culture we have here in Southeast Michigan and for the overall health of local communities? Are you somebody who's really thinking about how we make recreational marijuana available to people and which communities will be affected the most. As always, the number on the phones here is 313-577-1019. That's 313-577-1019. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page and tell us what you think there or go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today and we will try to work your comments into the conversation call and tell us what you're expecting from the likely emergence of more pot shops all over Southeast Michigan, all over the state, in fact. Uh, and joining us now to talk more about Wild Bills and their role in this narrative is Dustin Walsh, who covers economic issues 
for Crane's Detroit business. Dustin, welcome to the program. Thanks, Stephen. Yeah. So, um, what would uh, tell us what's going on with Wild Bills, which I think a lot of listeners will be familiar with. Those stores are all over the metro area. Uh, what happened with their request? To sell medicinal pot, I believe, is what the the licensing right. question was. Right. Here. Yeah, we're not we're not to the phase yet where where you can apply to to sell adult use. That's right. probably going to that November first is when they take applications, and it'll be sometime early next year when when approvals come through. Um, so Wild Bills, yeah, they they have more than a hundred stores across southeast, well, Michigan and into Ohio. Um, you know, obviously they they were brought on pretty early. Governor Snyder actually, their in house attorney, Governor Snyder had had put him on the marijuana advisory board, which kind of help devise these rules. Um, they want it in, right? They're the largest. They already sell tobacco products. They already sell vape products. Um, it sort of seems a natural progression that they would be part of this, this next iteration. Um, so they applied uh, for uh, 38 licenses, uh, most of them dispensary, just like so it would be, you know, retail outlets. Um, they, were, they did this in, in early 2018. Uh, the board, which before Whitmer uh, disem- uh, disbanded the board, had voted no. They had told them no. There's a criminal record here um, tied to one of the owners. Um, some some things that happened, we'll say, more than more than 30 years ago for most of them. Uh, they were in the 80s. Uh, some some aggravated assault things like that. Um, said no. Uh, so they immediately appealed, which then goes to a, a uh, an administrative hearing judge. The judge went through and, and kind of in a weird way went through all of the the past crimes and 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 it really seemed pretty negative. And then by the end was like, but. That was a long time ago. We see no reason they shouldn't get approved. Um, well, now, since uh, Governor Whitmer had disbanded the board, it now is an internal process at the Michigan Regulatory Agency, uh, led by Andrew Brisbo, who makes the ultimate final decision. Um, despite all of this, despite the judge saying, yes, we think, uh, we think they're okay, uh, the, the agency said no. And so now yeah, they have, they have um, stakes in a lot of shops that, mm-hmm. that are approved at the local level. Mm-hmm. Um, and those are those can be very expensive now because so many people because there's so few local municipalities approving these shops to be in their within their city limits. Um, those are very valuable now, and now they essentially own these, which which have no use to them. Um, and so they're kind of in between a hard spot. Not to mention the governor uh, then went out and decided to ban vaping, and they have 20 vape stores right. and sell vaping. Uh, sorry, flavored va- uh, flavored vape, we should say. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so they're kind of in a hard spot right now. So, so I want to get to the the struggle between this sort of internal regulatory process sure. and and what the courts may say about how you can how you can do this in a second. But but first, I want to. Want to talk a little about the idea of an outlet like Wild Bills participating in the marijuana market? I mean, this is a very big retailer. This is a retailer with lots of different places all over Metro Detroit. Right now, uh, I think what we're used to, at least, is uh, small shops, one-offs uh, here and there that are involved in this. Uh, would how would that change the whole? presence of marijuana and and now legal marijuana in Michigan if an outlet like Wild Bills were to be able to participate. I'm not sure much and I think I think that that's sort of a misconception that we see all these and we see them as one-offs because reality what's happening is and maybe we're not quite there yet but we're getting there very quickly is you're seeing a lot of vertical integration. So you're seeing a lot of of these large pot companies. They actually own a lot of these shops. Sometimes they're not called by the same name, but if you if you drive down 94 you see you'll start seeing signs for Pleasant Trees. Which is which is a Green Peak, uh, which is the largest pot grower in the state. 
so they have their own recreational, uh, or sorry, sorry, their own medical marijuana dispensaries. You know, so so there's quite a few, and it's sort of you're seeing a more top-down approach, and you're starting to see these shops start to become chains. Um, obviously, Wild Bills would be a huge step further. Um, you know, they they were going to file it under a different name. It was going to be called Oasis Wellness Centers. Mm-hmm. Um, but you would you would you know, they were talking upwards of of thirty of them. Um, yeah, that would probably be the biggest retail outlet if they just jumped into it immediately. Um, so, so I'm not sure it would change things. I think that's going to become m- much more common. You think that? Is that the way that this industry is going to unfold? I guess in Michigan is that big retailers mm-hmm. are going to step in and do sort of chain operation of, of these things. I do because I think the one-offs are going to become. I mean, the only thing the one-offs, the only way they'll be able to survive is simply just outstanding customer service. You're, you've built an audience. Um, because it's just like every other industry, right? One-offs are going to be very difficult because what we're going to see, especially as adult use comes in, if we're following what has happened historically with the rest of the states that have applied adult use, is there's a there's a shortage of marijuana. The prices fall off the cliff. And then when the prices fall off, if you're a one-off shop, it's very difficult without scale to maintain the business, depending on whether prices recoup fast enough or not. Yeah. Um, so I think it's going to be harder for those one-off shops to operate. So yes, I do think we're going to see more more chain style. Okay, and and what about this this tension between the internal regulatory processes that the state sets up and takes down and could can make look, I suppose, however they would like. And the question of when this gets to a court and a judge says, well, you can't deny somebody a license for this reason. Is that a is that a tension we're going to see play out, not just with Wild Bills, but perhaps with lots of other people who decide that they want to be part of this industry? I think it depends. I mean, so Wild Bills now has the ability to take this to the lower courts. They can now appeal it to the lower courts. I've heard no indication that they're going to do so, but they still have the opportunity within you know X amount of days of a window. Um, yes, I, we haven't seen a lot of denials, um, especially since the board has been disbanded. Uh, disbanded. There used to be about 30 to 40 percent de- denials from the board. Well, now that it's just under Andrew Brisbo and it's just a state agency that does it all internally, we've seen a lot of approvals. But I think what, what really is happening is that Brisbo and the agency know there is a number of licenses they want to get to. I don't know if they have an exact number, but a general, because they're going to be very wary and very fearful of hitting a saturation point. You don't want to have so many shops, so many licenses that simple economics means the prices of marijuana is going to decline so much that some of these shops are going to go out of business. That's going to look like a governmental failure on their end. So... And, and when you have this kind of growing thing where, you know, the rules are changing so where outside money is now coming in from other states that have been legal, if you're going to, if you're, if you're Brisbane's team and you're the regulatory agency and you have so many applications coming in, you can kind of pick the cream of the crop, right? You don't need to go take any sort of risk because, you know, one bad apple is going to look negatively upon them. So they're not going to give these to somebody um, that they don't think is going to be in just an exemplary uh, example of what you know, they want the system to look like. Mm. Um, but down the road, as they start declining more, because I do believe down the road, they are going to see more more people getting declined because they don't want to hit a saturation point. Um, and, and there's obviously a method to appeal that. So I think there will be that. And, and maybe that'll bring more transparency to the system, um, you know, from the outside view. Um, certainly uh, what I've been hearing is that there's a lot of transparency if you're, if you're filing for an application the regulatory agency is very vocal with you about what you need to do and, and what needs to happen. Hmm. Uh, this is Detroit Today on 101.9 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and my guest is Dustin Walsh. He covers the economic issues for Crane's Detroit business. We're talking about his coverage today about the denial of 
uh, pot licenses to Wild Bill's Tobacco, one of the retailers, one of the big retailers here in Michigan that might want to get involved in the licensing and sale of marijuana. Now, especially that recreational marijuana use is going to be legal. Uh, if you want to join the conversation, give us a call and tell us what you're looking forward to or dreading about the presence of recreational pot shops here in Michigan. Uh, do you have mixed feelings about this whole thing? Or are you somebody who's strongly in favor or strongly opposed to the idea of the way in which all of this commerce will unfold? Uh, also, give us a call and tell us, do you live in a community where you see lots of pot shops? And are you worried that that's going to get worse now that recreational use uh, is going to be legal? Are you somebody who worries about the effect of those shops on your neighborhood perhaps on children who wander by these shops. Uh, and what do you think the state ought to be doing? How should the state be determining who gets to do, uh, who gets to sell these products and where? Uh, that's a question that has really uh, roiled a lot while we were dealing with medical marijuana. It's only going to get worse, I imagine, as recreational pot starts to take hold. As always, the number on the phones here is 313-577-1019. That's 313-577-1019. Five seven seven one zero one nine. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page and give us your thoughts there, or you can go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today, and we will try to work you into the conversation. Uh, also, give us a call and tell us what you think the overall effect on the culture here in Southeast Michigan is going to be uh, as we get into this whole idea of recreational pot being available. Is this something that will change the way uh, we live and the way we buy and all of those kinds of things here? Or do you think that, uh, that this is not as big a deal um, as perhaps some people are making. Um, Dustin, before I get to the phones, uh, I want to talk about the governor's announced ban on flavored vaping products, which also is going to have an effect on Wild Bills uh, and other big tobacco uh, uh, retailers. It, it does seem that we're in a space where there is there is going to be a lot of change, and perhaps not in the in the way that uh, that retail outlets would prefer. Uh, yes. Uh, yeah. The, the vape thing is, is interesting because it's, I'm not sure we've seen a, a governor come in and say this, this particular kind of product is banned from an executive standpoint. Mm -hmm. um, I think there's probably going to be a legal challenge. I'm not sure how it's going to, I know Wild Bills, if you go to Wild Bills website, they immediately have a sign on petition. Here's how we can fight this. Um, because I mean, they have over 20 shops, not to mention they sell vape products within Wild Bills. Um, as the popularity as that has grown, and actual tobacco smoking has gone way, way down. Um, this is sort of a lifeblood um, for for a company like that. Um, so yeah, it's 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 interesting. I don't I, I'm assuming a legal challenge. I don't know how it's all going to play out. It's it's uh, it's going to be a very interesting look and, and a very interesting impact um, it's going to have on a lot of companies. Yeah. Uh, again, three one three five seven seven one zero one nine is the number on the phones. Let's go to Sean in Dearborn. Sean. Welcome to the program. Hi, Stephen. This is Sean McGraw, longtime listener. I've called in a few other times. How you doing? Great. It's great to hear from you. Thanks for calling. So, um, yeah, I was listening to your program, and I specialize with working with people with substance use disorders. I'm also a person in long-term recovery. I own a few recovery houses, and I also just spent the past week out in Colorado. So my perspectives 
has kind of changed in re- with this issue. Yeah, go ahead, Sean. Okay, I didn't know if I lost it. Yeah, no, 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 so, we're still here. Yeah, originally I voted for legalization, even though I thought it should only be decriminalized. Uh-huh. Uh, but now after going out to Colorado and seeing the ways that they have worked out all of their bugs, I really think it can be beneficial to all of our communities if done in the correct way. The way they start or implemented the whole medical marijuana, they really mess things up. But not just increasing the taxes, but long-term use, I can see that going down if they implement it in a way where they actually talk about recovery and the funds are diverted for long-term treatment. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can see it being beneficial for a lot of our communities, not to mention just the whole decrease in people being incarcerated for using marijuana. Yeah, yeah, John, uh, I really appreciate the call uh, and the perspective there, and and I love that uh, you have a number of different vantage points uh, that you're coming at this uh, uh, from. Uh, I, I really appreciate the call and and the comments, uh, Dustin. Let's start with this. I, I have said a couple times that one of the things that really frustrates me here in Michigan is when we do things and we don't look to other states who've done the same thing to try to figure out better ways to do it or to avoid mistakes that they've made. Is that happening now with marijuana? Yes. Um, I mean, obviously, this, you know, we, we can only predict the success of, of this. But yes, the, the state regulators have been out to about every single state, even Alaska, to discuss um, you know, how this should be implemented. Um, and, and we are learning, from my understanding, they are at least trying to learn from mistakes that have happened in other, in other states. Um, the issue is, and it, it always depends on the, what the end game is. In talking to Brisbane and talking to the regulatory agency, Brisbane's entire point of view is that we want to decimate a 200-year-old illegal industry. Mm-hmm. That is the sole purpose. So the sole purpose of that is if we have to get this right because we want to push an illegal market into a legal market run by people that know what they're doing and that can make this happen. Um, that is a very, very difficult thing to accomplish. Mm-hmm. If we look at what has happened in other states, including Colorado, California, Oregon, Washington, um, the illegal market has, has not really weakened with the, the legality of it, um, you know, with pushing adult use legal. Um, and the issue there is because, you know, if you're a grower, and in California, they were supplying two-thirds of the marijuana for the entire country. So it's not a very good example, but it's, a, you know. So what happens there is you now make it legal. You make a very large uh, loops, hoops that you have to jump into, very expensive hoops you have to jump into to get into this industry. You get there, and now you're, you're basically under the gun. You can make, you know, X $8 a, a gram here, or you can sell it for, you know, $45 a gram in Utah. Hmm. Um, so that, that becomes the issue is, is, is the over-the-state market. So the quicker that Ohio, Indiana, and Illinois, I think, legalize, I think that it makes for a stronger case for Michigan. Um, so those are the sort of the thing. You can only prevent so much from a state regulatory as far as, you know, over, over you know, state-by-state state sales. Yeah. Um, so they are trying to learn from those mistakes, but we don't know. It, 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 it's, it's hard when it's a state-by-state process for something that has been historically a international issue, not just a yeah. national issue. Yeah. Uh, Sean also referenced the criminal aspect of marijuana use before, and that reminds me that we still are not really talking, I don't think, about how to handle people, for instance, 
who have criminal convictions now hanging over their heads because of, of prior marijuana use. Now it's going to be legal. I, I kind of expected that Democrats in particular might push this issue and try to try to move the ball a little. I haven't seen that happen. No, and it's it's because it's a very difficult philosophical issue, right? It was illegal when you did it. So now that it's legal, does that make what you did okay, right? So I mean that that's that's the base reality of of how this argument's happening, um, and I don't think Democrats really want to get too deep into that because it's a hard argument to have. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I think maybe you know, I think a lot of us feel like okay, it's it should be decriminalized. People should just be treated as normal human beings again. It's fine. Um, but it's it, from a legal system perspective, it's it's not as simple as that. Yeah. Um, maybe it should be, but it, it just, it's a difficult thing to to accomplish. Yeah. Let's go to Terry in Detroit, who also has a legal question about all this. Terry, welcome to the program. Yes, sir. I listened to you, long time listener, first time caller. Thank you. Okay. Uh, I smoke occasionally. I don't drive, and I'll, I do it like I do. I can't. I don't deal with beer and whiskey. But the deal is, I can't carry my gun because it says you, you know, uh, you can't have that in the gun. In order for me to smoke, my girlfriend got a a, a, a paper from a doctor. She goes in and says, "Oh, I'm depressed." He gives a a paper for a hundred dollars. Now, if it's legal, you know, do I go? Get, I, I don't want a paper. I just uh, I thought it was legal. You just go in like you buy cigarettes. Right. What's the deal on that? Well, that's a great question, Terry. Because. Recreational use is now going to be legal. Do some of the prohibitions that attended medical use still apply to recreational use? Uh, you can't see me, but I'm raising my hands in the air. Yeah. Um, I, you know, it's <laughs> Who not. Knows? Yeah, right. We have emergency rules in place, and, and so not everything is set in stone. But yes, I mean, you can't. To, to answer the caller's question, you can't walk into a store and buy without without a medical card yet, because it's it's technically while it's legal to use, it's not legal to buy from an adult use recreational standpoint. Um, the, agency, the agency will start taking applications from people that want to buy and sell, mm-hmm. uh, or sorry, to sell and grow uh, adult use recreational marijuana in November. November 1st is supposed to be when they do that. They probably won't start approving applications until you know February, March. So you won't be able to do that until next spring. You'll be able to you know just casually walk into a shop with no medical card, no you know no reason, just as a general consumer of of, of cannabis. Um, you'll be able to do that you know next spring. Mm-hmm. So so right now there's yes there's that period where it's sort of this weird gray area, right? right. You can you can but again, those, smoke it legally, but you can't buy right, it Right, you can't buy it. Right. But again, these questions about prohibitions, for instance, for you know, against people who have permits to carry guns, uh, they can't get medical cards because of that. Mm-hmm. Are they are they also going to be prevented from buying in in recreational context? I guess uh, that, I, that's one of the things that we. Got to wait to see what. I mean, imagine if you if adult use like legal for everyone, it should yeah. be adult use legal for everyone. Yeah. I'm not sure if there's any provisions, um, and I didn't see any of those in the emergency rules. And um, I suppose that's a question I need to yeah. ask, but I don't know. Okay, Dustin Walsh uh, of Cranes Detroit Business. It was really great to have you here on Detroit Today. Thanks for coming by. Thank you. All right, up next, it is Opposite Monday here on Detroit Today, and we are going to talk politics state politics, and national politics with former Republican state Senator Phil Pavlo. Stay with us on Detroit Today.